0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
2: for
1: details.
0: Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer.
1: hammer time we're joining you literally as the final whistle has just gone at the end of our game versus west bromwich albion uh here to talk about our successful outcome in that game Hi, as always jim grant hello jim good evening good Everything evening all right yes
0: yeah, yeah, you're
1: in your man cave in your new house i am yeah there's a dartboard behind you are I you gonna uh, do you you're facing me you're facing the camera and your thing do you yeah. occasionally throw the darts over your shoulder like um sigourney <laughs> reaver in that <laughs> alien film yeah, yeah. uh play a game of darts against yourself while you're doing that i'd like Uh, you to do that in preparation for the next well yes now would be great also joining us uh uh, one of our favorites and an old friend of the podcast it is uh broadcaster journalist writer sam delaney sam also you uh well first of all hello
2: hello hi uh
1: is that your video or dvd or cd collection i can see behind you
2: it's a dvd collection
1: dvds
2: yeah i get a lot of comments on that when i skype in this position um uh-huh. in front of my i mean if i wanted to look posher like say if i was speaking to posher friends yes right i'd be books. like I'd, I'd angle it like this so you can see all my um very important books
1: um, yeah yeah
2: the weighty little about actually i forget I, it's, it's a difficult because i'd never i don't feel any need to impress you but i do no. feel like I, Jim's the sort of man that I do want to impress.
1: Yes. <laughs> so when
2: I address Jim, I will turn this way so he can see the books, most of which belong to my wife. And when I talk to him, I'll just turn it back and you can see my collection of eighties movies and, and cartoons.
1: Yes, unfortunately, I can't get very good Wi-Fi in my statues room. Otherwise, I do most of my podcasting from the the statuarium, as I think it's called. Um, Sam, yeah, I course, have the
0: same problem with my orangery.
1: Right, where you keep your collection of antique oranges. Yes, or, or as we call mouldy oranges, as as we call them, <laughs> the, the recycling room. Sam, you do a podcast about West Ham called U-Ions. Yeah, uh, which You Irons. Which I've appeared at, on a couple of times. Um, it's, uh,
2: it's, it's, it's like, yeah, spelt U as in the letter U, irons.
1: Were wh- you influenced the
2: athletic? It's from the athletic ah, Were you influenced
1: sport? by by German Submarines in World War Two. When you called yeah, it, you that,
2: that's, that's, that's the reference, yeah. right? Right. That's right.
1: the reference. What's the connection there?
2: We just try to incorporate little bits about the um the the untold story of the war beneath the waves. That's yes. what I call it. That took place between <laughs> yes. 1939 1945 Because it, in many ways, it was the hidden war, or as some historians call it, Neptune's War. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and we just try to go on little segues. Well, between talking about you know who should play on the left and yeah. so forth, into just uh, you know, I'll paint pictures and like a lot of historian broadcasters, I slip inexplicably into speaking in the present tense. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Do you know what I mean? It's May nineteen forty-one, mm-hmm. and 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 hundreds of fathoms beneath the Mediterranean a u-boat lurks yes but, you know, we'll just do a little bit of that so anyway if you're interested in that sort of thing listeners just give us a go
1: was uh, did you, you must have talked then in detail about uh, antonio's backstroke swimming celebration yeah. oh. which was of course a tribute to uh, the sunken uh, u-571 u-boat win. yeah um yeah, yeah.
2: So, because it because it, it happened that he scored a goal on the anniversary of that being torpedoed right and literally hundreds of those people dying and all right fine they were nazis but they were also humans
1: yes uh, as reflected in antonio's moving tribute yeah. to that uh yeah yeah why
2: can't, like, why like
1: can't the politicians a bit, can get around be
2: because i just feel as if i sort of i've described nazis as humans in a tongue-in-cheek way, but we live in a mad world now, don't we, where that could easily escalate quickly on social media.
1: That's right. Let's remember there are some very fine people on all sides. On
2: all sides. <laughs> but, well, that's kind of what... All right,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, that's the opposite of what you're saying.
2: Listen, the Nazis were bad. They were bad. Human yeah. death is always sad, is it? I don't know. We're getting into no. something pretty deep here. Oh, I feel yeah, that they- I'm really overreaching.
1: Yes, yes. Now, so um, West Bromwich Albion uh, lost to West Ham, uh, and uh, Sam Allardyce will be impeached, uh, which is great. <laughs> uh, Second uh, time um, he's contesting he's contesting the result of the game.
0: He insists uh, they won.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Although, of course, his um, his comments about Snodgrass are going to be investigated, aren't they?
1: Well, that's right. We'll come to that. Uh, there is, in fact, a legal aspect to uh, this evening's podcast. We should, should have got Simon Pentel on. Mm-hmm. Um- Sam Allardyce's wife uh, uh, refused to show David Moyes' wife around the, the Olympic Stadium, <laughs> even though it's their away ground. She still refused to do it. Uh, she refused to show her around. Mrs Moyes said, I don't want to be shown around. And when Mrs Allardyce went, well, I'm not bloody showing you around. Yeah. She's going, I don't want to. I don't want to. I just want to sit here in the box. Well, I'm not showing you around there either. <laughs> We're both already in it. Yeah. Don't, don't, you don't have to show me around it, Mrs Allardyce. It's a very, it's a very ungainly transition from uh, Sam Allardyce years ago yeah. to David.
2: Um, Apparently, there are recorded phone calls of Sam Allardyce on the phone to the referee saying, "I just need two more goals." <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, Well, just give me two more goals. That's, That's all. Like all we're talking about here is a matter of two, two small goals.
1: He described. The rest- the-
2: but that that would just be a complete breach of all my responsibilities. So.
1: Yeah. He described it as a perfect phone call, perfect call. <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Rudy Giuliani agreed. So uh, yes, it was um it was a uh, it was a boring a uh, boring game for a lot of it. Uh, Sam Allardyce would have called that a scintillating game, but it was a boring one.
0: It lacked any kind of intensity, didn't it? It lacked. Mm. Um, it, it was. Uh, you you've, you felt it was a game that, that was starting to bear out notions of the intense um, uh, frequency of games and the kind of and the fact that we 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 don't change the side very much beginning to tell on them a bit because I thought we looked very leggy um, in the game.
2: But do you think that in a way it's you know we got through that really tough uh, run of fixtures over Christmas. And do you think that in a way, one of the many ways that David Moyes has somehow professionalized a club that it could be argued at the least professional football club in English football? Right. And he's sort of he's professionalising us and one of the ways in which he's doing it is sort of managing the way in which we kind of expend energy depending on the opposition, which sounds like an awful thing because you should go into every game, you know, playing your absolute best. But I mean, I read Alex Ferguson's book once and the way he approached season, which is obviously very different because he was always going for the league title, was about dividing it up into sections and and, and sort of trying to encourage his players to hold back a certain amount in the tank for the bigger fixtures, right? And I'm not meaning that, I'm not meaning to patronise West Brom, you know, I mean, it's difficult to play against West Brom, but it's almost like we have learned an alternative way of winning, that is allows us to remain in sort of third or fourth gear as opposed to fifth or sixth.
1: Yeah, that's interesting talking about sort of um I would sort of forgotten that. I think it was I think the last time I heard that so it was probably you again saying saying about Sir Alex Ferguson sort of like, sort of splitting the season up into groups mm. of, you know, whatever, four games or six games or stuff. But it, it 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 does make you look at the season in a different way. And and when we when we had that run that started with Leeds and ended Two games later with Chelsea, that run of three, we've got a win, a loss, and a draw. And you go, that's a pretty good result for that three games. That's a mid-table mm. thing. And when you looked at the next three games, we got two draws and a win. And you go, well... For that three games, that's a pretty good run yeah. of, you know, yeah. if you're looking at these fixtures just one game at a time, going apoplectic if we drew it, it's, you know, looking at yeah. the big picture gives yeah. you a much more sort of sanguine yeah, idea sort of what's of like, going on.
2: It's the difference between an experienced and professional football manager, which is what we have, and a mad teenager on Twitter who wants everyone yeah. fired after a, <laughs> after a draw against Brighton. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's why David Moyes is our manager and not one of the legions of, <laughs> of mad teenage West Ham yeah. fans on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Because it's like you don't just drop everyone, you don't refer to a perfectly decent midfielder as utter scum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they've just like missed a chance, right? Yeah, yeah. And and call for everyone to, to die. You just yeah. go, okay, we'll plug on and we'll look at we'll we'll look at the points over the whole run. So over Christmas, yeah, it was a perfect yeah. example of that.
0: Yeah. I simple. mean I think to bear out what you're saying, I mean I think there's probably a lot in what you're saying actually, that that we are just uh, unrecognizably professional and organized and, and thinking ahead and looking ahead and, and planning things properly. Um but actually as you know i feel the team's becoming a bit of a machine as well and a machine you possibly don't have to have tuned up you know to full pelt the whole time i didn't really feel although those games were tight games burnley one and the west brom um i didn't really feel as though we were going to lose either of them at any point um and you felt that if they if the other side scored we could go back and and you know, raise it and get a goal which is i've that I've never
2: thought that about West Ham teams. I don't think I've ever said, so, I mean, I hesitate to say this is the best West Ham team we've seen. I'm not going to say that, but I do think that even when I look back on other very good West Ham teams, very good might be stretching it, let's say good <laughs> West Ham teams, right? yeah. it was usually we were, we were capable of winning because we could win in some sort of dramatic swashbuckling way where yeah. every player just out of the blue played a nine out of ten game all at once. And yeah, usually you, yeah. against big opposition, and it was a thrill ride. But it's rare where we've been a team who who can who are just know what they're doing in every game. You yeah, have a great yeah, defensive yeah. shape; are extremely hard to score against. And like you say, like when West Brom scored, so that's the first goal that's been scored against us all year. Which yeah. I know it's only the what nineteenth, but we played quite a lot of games. And uh, but it was a I won't say it was a freak because it was a good goal, but it wasn't a goal. Where there was a defensive error, in my opinion, no, really, no, you no, know, no. It, was, it was a very, it was a goal by their best player. He's their, he's their danger man, Pereira, and yes. so you know he can do that sort of thing. But, um but you know, as soon as he they did it, we did up a gear, and we when did, and when, yeah. we, yes. when we scored the second goal, it had been coming, and then once yeah. we got our noses in front, we just went back to kind of defending, yeah. you know, yeah. and and, yeah. and like Jim says. Had they equalised again, you know, they had a couple of. They could have scored like a, a scrappy goal or a fluke goal. We would have gone up a gear again, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it sort of reminds me. I mean, the, the energy is part of this team, isn't it? It's just got legs that it hasn't had for years and years. And in that respect, it does remind me of Alat of. Uh, um, Pardew's team Pardew's sort of 10th place that with the FA Cup in it that team because of Rio Coker and Mullins had that sort of midfield engine sort of up and down energy that Suchek and Rice have got even uh, that
2: was more that was a young very vibrant team yeah Pardew's team with loads of pace and energy and it was very much about kind of I felt they were quite swashbuckling they were quite counter-attacking team whereas this team just looked more grown up to me
1: yeah yeah.
2: Because, uh, But I think the large part of that is Declan Rice and Bonner and, and Cresswell. So you've got three players, I think, there who are all like captains. And all three of them are so composed that we never look... You know, like how whenever West Ham, even when we were playing well, we'd always be extremely nervous in defence for the last 20 minutes of a game. Yes. Yeah. No yeah. matter what, what, what had happened, yes. we yeah. would always drop very, very deep, give possession back persistently to the opposition... And by the end of the game, always be defending along our
0: yeah, touchline yeah.
2: almost, you know. But now it, there's none of that because Rice and Albuquerque just sort of take control of things, I think, you know. Yeah.
0: It's often the case, though, that, I mean, the good sides that you can remember um, all having common, even if they don't have a share of style of play, they have in common that idea that they're settled and there's a sense of of players knowing what their job is and what their yeah. role is. And when it changes, it's just like a tweak,
2: you know. Yeah.
0: So the tweak today was sort of Lanzini in for four now's, you know, kind of just kind of tweaking it a bit, but essentially the team is the same. And you can you can reel off the names of that Pardew side and it's you know, it resolutely played that four four two and you know, we knocked it out wide to the to Ben Ayuno, who played slightly tighter in and Everton, Everton out wide, yeah. hugging the touchline. Mm. You know, everybody knew what their role was and it and it had yeah. some power. And I think this team has certainly power it's it's got pace in 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 certain areas but mm. it's certainly a kind of powerful we do, we we squeeze the life out of a lot of teams don't we we dominate them in in midfield even if we don't have the ball the majority of the time um we 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 close people down and 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 force them into blind blind alleys and so on so yeah, you know,
2: yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's all a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> one of the best things, though, you're right. There was a consistency to the team on the whole, and everyone knows what they're doing. But one of the most impressive things, you see, when the season started, everyone was like, "Well, you know, we're doing all right, but we've got the thinnest squad in the league," which is true. Now it's even thinner because we lost Haller, and we. But we settled on this three-five-two formation, which seemed to be the the turning point of our season. Right, we're we lost Antonio and who up until that point have been two of the most important players, yeah. right? And because of the loss of Masuaku, we had to change the formation. And also, you know, with, with Haller up front, I mean, you know, a lot of debate about Haller. Let's not go back to it. But I would say when you watch Antonio turn in proper performances like this game of yeah. Burnley,
1: yeah.
2: It, you can't help but think more about how bad Haller was in that position. Because yeah. everything he does, <clears throat> the goal... The chasing everything he does, I keep thinking, shit. Like Hallow just wouldn't have been anywhere near that ball. He no, wouldn't. No, have, he, wouldn't no. he, he just wouldn't have bothered chasing it. You know,
0: no. is, is palpably not up to full speed yet, isn't he? I mean, he's, he wins know, he's everything. Still, you
2: know. He goes yeah. for everything. He wins everything. Anyway, we lost then and had to switch to four four two. And I thought, okay, this is maybe where the wheels will come off for a while, and we'll just have to bide our time, be patient, and wait for those players to come back. He just switched it to four four two, and if anything, we're better. I would say yeah. now, when Masuaku comes back, he's not going to be able to get in the team, is he? And meanwhile, you've got Balbuena, uh, who's had a very good, you know, very good season. Didn't yeah. done nothing wrong. I can't think of one mistake he's made. Poor Bloke can't get on and He's like fifth choice centre back, and he was the guy who uh, only about a year ago would have been regarded as our most valuable player in terms of his, his transfer market value. You yeah. Know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, and uh, the um, we scored some good goals today. Uh, both our goals were good. Their goal was good as well. I thought, but uh, um, we, you know, it took a little while to come. Our first goal, uh, you know, we right on the stroke of half time, and uh, obviously we, you know, we. Um, we had a lot of possession in that first half, but since we had to turn it into goals, I thought Bowen, um, you know, God, that boy's got an engine. He plays, you know, of him. 80 minutes of practically every game. And boy, does he, he, he's, he's fast. He's fast. Very, very and, uh, fast.
2: Not, uh, I think underrated on the ball. Because people, when they talk about him, they say he's fast and he works hard. No, but I, I think it's he's got great be. composure. Yeah, he's very talented. He yeah. looks up. He he's got great touch and he and, and his delivery is fantastic. I think I I think that he could get an England cap by the end of the season. You know, yes, uh, I I could see that. I think he, he he's getting to a stage where he deserves one. Do you know what I liked about his goal today? He scored it with his tits.
0: Yes, yes, and yes. you
2: don't often see that, do you? anymore? Oh, yeah. You used to see it a lot in the eighties, but nowadays um, you don't, I can't remember the last. T- I mean, when I was a kid, I had a VHS of a hundred great titted goals.
1: Well, they learned uh, the '80s footballers learnt them from the strip clubs, didn't they? Because yeah. of the, the that chest control to swing two pasties around uh, yeah, in yeah. in concentric and um, yeah in, <laughs> in concentric circles, <laughs> where one circle is outside the other. Yeah, circle. I
2: mean that. I that mean, the, is, the
1: control that strippers the, had of their breasts in and the, the '80s Mick,
2: was. Mickey Quinn could actually do that. I remember seeing him do it for Newcastle. Yeah, and uh, and it would baffle defenders.
1: Absolutely, because they absolutely. wouldn't know which way to go. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, and,
2: and also, a defender—if you're able to spin one tip one way and one the other yeah. from a centre-back's point of view, you don't know whether to get tight or drop off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, um, yeah. And, and uh, it was like
2: bamboozled. It was bamboozled no-man's land, aren't you? Yeah. Trevor.
0: Trevor Sinclair like likes to use his breast. Uh, yeah, a lot. Uh, I don't know if he ever scored a goal with it, though, but uh, he liked a, a chested pass. It, um, um, uh,
2: Antonio? yeah, Moby, Moby used to lactate from his. <laughs> right, that right. great all-conquering Liverpool side. Jan well, uh, Moby
1: would, would catch that's... the ball in his cleavage, and yeah. uh, you, yeah. you, you were not allowed to do that for more than seven seconds. Running along, holding the ball between <laughs> your... Uh, Moves
2: Well he was They taught them that In that that was He was part of that Great Danish team He was yeah The the stunned everyone At the 86 World Cup And that was the way They coached kids In Denmark back then
1: It was yeah yeah (laughs) Because it's so cold (laughs) Your feet and hands Extremities uh, You couldn't touch The ball with them Otherwise they'd crack And fall off Because it's so cold there
2: What I Um, liked was They used to Brian Moore The great, late great Brian Moore He used to shout Didn't he On the big match And stuff Tick goal when someone titted it, in. Yeah. and it, it just went seeing Bowen score his tits tonight, just brought all those memories flooding back.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Antonio was a is a great um, employer of uh, of the chest, yes, of the chesty, chesty the chest chestal zone, his chestal area.
0: What a huge it's, it's, chest! It's a, it's it a big a chest, chest, isn't it? It's yeah. not an insubstantial chest. That no. Um He, he was uh, he he was great in the second half. I thought um, starting to. There's a real sense that when he comes back from those injuries, it takes him a little time. It's like winding up uh, a, a kind of mechanism, isn't it? It takes him time to get back up to speed. But I thought second half in particular, he was starting to. Look really good. It went on one really good run, I thought.
1: Was truly. that the one where he pushed the West Bromwich <laughs> Albion player over <laughs> with his hand? <laughs> out of my way.
0: Which ba- I think, I think the
1: laws do. have something to say about that.
2: He bashed a couple of them over. It was like yeah, it's a yeah. knockout. He <laughs> yeah. just sort of like yeah. knocks them flying. <laughs>
1: that's what he does doesn't he he's like you know he's got that thing uh Canio did it in a different way of like if there's a defender standing in front of him he'll sort of just run with the ball and see if he ends up the other side of the defender and antonio does the same thing but more you know as much with strength as with you know controlling the football but it is that fact that he just takes a you know he'll back himself to get past this guy which allaire would never do you know
2: i mean antonio when you look at him like you know, we've got players who are very good on the ball, uh, like Ben Rama and Bowen, who we mentioned. Players with great touch and technique, and and sometimes I think people almost overemphasise Antonio's strength and speed because also there is no one who retains the ball better through a game than him on our team. Like no. when he receives it in any sort of situation, you always think you never. I never get nervous when he receives the ball. Even if there's like three defenders around him, I always think he's odds on to come out of this with the ball.
1: But he's got better at that in this, you know, this last 12 months. I think this this version of Antonio in the kind of run into last season and then all of this season is like a completely different creature. You know, he's he's, like he genuinely has taken on some skills that he really didn't have that sort of... um, because often that would be something he wasn't good at. If the ball came into his feet with his back to goal, quite often the, the the big central defender that's an inch away from him just comes up with it. But he's got better at protecting the ball, he's got better at turning with the ball, his first touch is better. It's amazing. He's his, he's,
0: his awareness as well. You know, getting yeah. in the right he's he's got he's starting to have that knack of being in the right place at the right time, isn't he? As well, you know, like yeah. he was for the for the Burnley goal. You know, that was that was canny a forward play and he took it well because you know it, it you know it, it must have it must have seen it late as it were yeah yeah um you know and he took his goal really well tonight so um i would say the one kind of the one kind of slight area of concern is one that we've been we've come back to over and over again is that that there, there is collectively um a tendencies for there to be some sort of poor decision making around when we get to the The opposition box, yeah, Yeah. Um, in and around the box. The final little ball. Quite often they choose the wrong option. Quite often, you know what we point in cross that doesn't beat the first man. Or we
2: we lack a we lack an Ial Berkovich slash yes,
0: yes, yes.
2: Josip Benaune type character. That player with that beautiful final ball. Now Lanzini. Time was, we thought it was him. I am. I just think Lanzini is never going to be that player. I don't, I can't, uh, bar the incredible goal against Spurs, I just don't think Lanzini has contributed anything significant to a West Ham performance in two years, apart from that one goal. Mm. I I was really disappointed to see him start the game because I know what he's like. He'll run about, you'll see him on the ball a few times, but there will never be a a pass of any consequence. There won't, you know, Mm. he'll flatter to deceive. He's a shadow of the player he was before his injury in 2018. And, uh, you know, I'm not getting stuck into the bloke because I thought, you know, he's a good player and obviously he's he's just not been the same since his injury. When he started, I just thought it's ridiculous because Ben Rama, sure, Ben Rama does make, you know, he's still learning, I think, to perform in the Premier League and re- doesn't quite realise it's not like the Championship where you might get a couple of chances to play that killer ball. But if you play him in the number 10, he will always be looking for that killer ball or a shot on goal or he'll try something. Lanzini floats about a game in an inconsequential way, and he's yeah. never going to be that guy for us. In fact, I preferred four nows who who played in that position after the double substitution. Yeah. He actually, rather than play his usual position out on the left, he played yeah. in the middle, which is something I'd like to see him do more.
1: Hold that that thought. Uh, Let's come back after this message. If you want
0: an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen... bike, e-bikes that are cool af
1: yes i wonder if he dropped four hours, you know for rotation reasons just to rest him because he does a work bit. very hard in a game doesn't he four now. Mm. but um, I, I think so
0: also i think felt felt that you know west brom are one of one of the weakest defenses in the uh, in the league on terms of their record so you know um and they're not super strong in midfield, super powerful in midfield. So I think he probably felt it was a game where we could afford the kind of luxury of having Ben Rama and Lanzini in the starting lineup,
1: to be honest. They came out a little better in the second half, West Brom, didn't they? I think Allardyce sort of got them to uh, try and negate any of our wing-based threat. Yeah. Mm. We didn't they, you know, it seemed to sort of cancel out um uh, Souffal uh, on his flank and Cresswell on the other flank a little it seemed to it appeared that they seemed to you know get a bit more width and and uh, so it was a little bit harder for us uh, yeah. they pressed us back a little you know there was definitely you know their goal came out we didn't come out of the blocks in the second half did we, no, and, we then, didn't, no. and they scored a goal but you know no. as you say Sam we responded to that very well yeah I
0: so i think they um i think if you were a westbourne fan you'd it's like those things. well we were in that game they were in the game i thought they were more in the game in a, in a way than burnley were to be honest um, yeah uh, and uh but yeah like you know we just had too much for them uh, burnley i felt should have been a comfortable 2 or 3 nil win yeah. we we spurned the the chances to you know we we we, we weren't clinical enough around their box really, but uh, that was very comfortable that Burnley game I thought.
2: Yeah, but it, it, you're right. There is a concern in these games. It, you know, both of those being good examples that we we're good at getting there to the area, and we know we've got someone who can finish a yeah. chance. But it's just that bit beforehand. And it is hard to to quite work out why, because you look, you think, oh, we've got quite a lot of attacking talent. You know, you think yes. Be, Ben Rama, yeah. um, uh, but both our fullbacks are good going forward and can deliver a good pass. Ben Rama, Bowen, Antonio for nows, you know, and Rice and Suchek are both goal threats, particularly Suchek, right? And Rice is increasingly trying yeah. to get forward. You can see how desperate he is to get a goal.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so it's a bit confusing. Uh, and then you've got, like, Yarmolenko as well, who who played quite a significant role in our second goal, didn't he? Because he yep. got that good header
1: at the far ball back, Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I sort like of wonder hard. whether a, I wonder whether a really sort of commanding striker, which is sort of what we thought Haller would be with his 30-odd goals for Eintracht Frankfurt, um uh, would would be you know might be that you know I, I keep sort of thinking about the um, the David Cross uh, when he was on stop hammer time just sort of saying that when I was there I basically went put the ball into the six yard box from anywhere and I'll be there don't worry I will attack that ball you know some sort of focal point to our to our attacks you know there's but, someone who's showing you where they want the ball but isn't
2: but isn't or that the other- what Antonio's doing?
1: Well, he does a lot of other stuff as well, doesn't he? I mean, I yeah, think that a kind
2: bit of too mobile.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's good when he's got a run-up. Really, you almost want him to be the person that picks up the ball on the flank and sort of runs into the box mm. with it. You know, mm. that popping up thing. Actually, he sort of always had that. I think that's been that is a real, you know, genuine sort of, um, you know, non-league sort of instinctive thing is like he sort of knows where to be to stick the yeah. ball in, like again in that Burnley game. So I sort of feel he's always had that a bit, but I don't... If he really was told to sort of goal hang and, and be the magnet for everything, I think you'd lose what's good about all the rest of his game, which is that kind of, you know, those runs into the box, the sort of powerful runs that freak the defenders out and cause mistakes and, you know... I mean, we're
0: definitely... Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, I think we, we, need, um, we need pace up front for the way we want to play. And ideally, I'm sure Moyes wants to, um, you know, absorb pressure and, and play a counter-attacking style. And, and when we've done that against teams that um, expect to be able to press, we have, looked, we have looked good. I mean, you know, both the Wolves and the Leicester wins... Were games where we were, you know, counter-attacking, um, but there have been games where we've we've done something similar and looked good on the counter-attack, but not capitalised on it. I mm. would chuck in you know, Man United. We should have been out of sight in that
2: game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, Arsenal, and Arsenal. Uh, yeah, we and lost Arsenal, to yeah. Arsenal. We should have and beat it, them.
0: It's the
1: hour against problem. Chelsea. It's it's,
0: it's that yeah. clinical decision-making. You know, when 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 the crunch comes, is the hardest bit of football, isn't it? Is that. Mm.
2: It mm-hmm. is, yeah. Um, do, do, do you think, I don't know whether he'd do this, I suspect he wouldn't, but I think I'd like to see it, and, and most people seem to say, is, is that if we signed a striker who could actually was good enough to play in the first team, an experienced striker, maybe the solution would be to just, yeah, play Antonio in that, withdraw slightly more withdrawn, more, the sort of role that Lanzini was playing in today, now, I know they're completely yeah. different players, but yeah. Let him do what he does, which is roam all over the place and cause trouble. Yeah, yeah. And and the other striker that we sign be the guy who just sits waiting to goal poach.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's I-, I can only assume that that's what in a way that kind of the notion of a front three is all about. It means you can have three different blokes with three different sort of skill sets. Mm. You know, yeah. um, y- you know that 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 with with Fonals. As one of that sort of front three when you had kind of Fournals, Bowen and um either Antonio or Alaire. Um, that's you know, sort of three guys with three different skill sets. And um uh but they are, you know, you have that thing that they they you're slightly hoping that possibly both of the wide ones will operate a little bit like wingers. Mm. And of those three, Bowen does tend to do that. We'll quite often go to that. Yeah,
2: the yeah. Four is, is not that guy, is he? No,
1: no, he's more up and down. He's more box to box. He's sort yeah, of.
2: Yeah, and he cuts inside a lot. You know, yeah. when, he, when he gets the ball, we broke actually tonight. I think he received the ball on when we were breaking on a counterattack from Antonio. And it looked like we could fly forward, but he had to bring it in on his right foot. Yeah,
1: because yeah. Because
2: he, he can't take it on with his left at all. And that's a bit of a flaw in the team. Is that you kind of do want? Uh, we've got obviously Bone is left-footed, but he prefers playing on the right, same as hmm. Yarmolenko. Um, I I quite like Ben Rama on the left, just because you know he can take it to the byline, yeah, and yeah. put a cross in that way. Um, and that that's uh, a little bit prefer him to four nails but on the whole i'd rather four nails and um, ben rama both be in the team
1: both be in the team yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um you know i thought i liked uh, ben rama today i thought he was good um uh, I thought, you know, he's uh, very, shows you what he shows you every game, which is he is very very busy. He's looking for the ball, and he and will improve his... as well. I think. Yeah, only. I
0: think I think so. I think so. I mean, I think they are improving. I mean, I, th- I think it's it's clearly something that I mean Moises alluded to the very issues that we've been talking about about being clinical and and making better decisions uh, in the final third, and um, I'm sure that's something that they're kind of they're working. I mean, you know, you had to get turn it into a team that doesn't ship goals every week just you know starts winning football tight football games and we're doing that um, so you know it's a project isn't it um I, I only hope he's given the proper resources and time to complete the project it's a bit uh, you know there's no talk of a, of a contract for him on the on the mm-hmm. horizon is there I mean I, I you know I just want I wonder how well he's getting on with the, the uh, our, our esteemed owners I, I you know I don't know i don't
2: know i'm not well, i mean it would be i mean it would, the, the, the thing is it would be a disaster but it wouldn't be in the least bit surprising no no, no, it. no it it. Sudden, it suddenly suddenly disappeared because we've stumbled and i really do mean stumbled upon the best manager we've had in many many years um at just sort of by By fluke, really, because we tried all these other guys. He was almost like the last man standing. Yeah. (laughs) The only guy willing to do it. And it's like he's kept us up twice. Now he is very rapidly transforming us. As a team and a and a squad, you know, in, into people who can actually compete and be taken seriously for once. Yeah,
1: yeah. right. And I wonder what I wonder what the length of his contract currently is at but the it moment. A, it was eighteen
2: months, wasn't and it? Just they, eighteen you know, months. Yeah. He me, insisted yeah. on a contract. He said, I'm not going to just do this thing you gave me last time the end of the season because yeah. that that was outrageous. I think I've kept you up once you want back, give me a contract. And they still even then said, oh, all right, we'll give you a contract, but it's only for 18 months, yeah. which is basically still a short term contract because it means that it's easily paid off. Yeah. So yeah. they don't, they didn't really consider it a contract. In fact, I heard through someone that they'd been told by a member of the board that it was a case of, Oh, well, when, it, when, it, when it was asked by someone, why have you got Moyes back again? And this person was not particularly complimentary about him. He said, Oh well, he was told by a senior member of the board. It's like, well, because he's cheap and we know that if it doesn't work out, we can easily get rid of him without breaking the bank, which is what they'd just had to do with Pellegrini.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they just
2: didn't want to do that again. So that's the respect they showed this bloke. And he's come in and confounded everyone's expectations. Every West Ham fan, but yeah. the board, not the players, because the players all loved him from the first time. Yeah.
1: Apparently. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and and all fans of other clubs as well, because you won't find a Man United or a Sunderland fan with anything good to say about the bloke. No. And you just think, God, he was he, he was very good at Everton. The United job we now know there's a poison, poison chalice that yeah, everyone's absolutely. fallen foul of.
1: Yeah,
2: um, athlete, uh, was it Real Sociedad he went to? I mean, it's probably not the right decision. And Sunderland, you look at it and think. Well, that was that's been a poison chalice for years. Like the amount of managers they've had go through that club, it's just like it's just an impossible job for many years.
1: At the beginning of that season, at Sunderland, and I remember him doing an interview, and he was like he was in a hostage video. Yeah, he yeah. may as well <laughs> have had the word "help" tattooed. Well, that, that's at,
2: why they, they, the fans hate him. The Sunderland fans hate him because he basically said from the very beginning of the season we will be in a relegation dogfight for yeah. the whole season. Yeah, and obviously, true. that that really, that wasn't great PR as far as his own fan base was concerned. It was probably him trying to limit ex, manage expectations, but it backfired, and they really dislike him. Now, yeah. what they might not realise is that they could have had Pep Guardiola in charge, saying, or, or Jurgen Klopp, Mr. Good yeah. Vibes. Do you know what I mean? The better football, <laughs> saying... Yeah. Saying, oh, it's fine. We're probably going to win the league, yeah? And they still would have yeah, yeah. got relegated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. suddenly he asked, bloody hell, this bloke was just there and available.
1: We've yeah. got him.
2: Yeah. He yeah. might be our best manager that we've had.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah. go
2: back through anyone, really. I mean, Red Knapp, It. the truth is, Redknapp was the last manager to sustain any kind of decent run.
1: Yeah.
2: That went on Because, you know, there's people who had spells. Zola had a great spell. Pardew had a couple of great seasons, right? But it uh, uh, Allardyce kind of—it's pretty much one each, you know. So what, one bit, season each? had know. a good season. They all have a yeah. good season, and then yeah. inevitably it implodes.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. And we should be cautious because, of course, Moyes hasn't had a good full <laughs> season yet either.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, right.
1: um, so is that a good, good calendar no, it's year? It's very,
0: very hard looking at it at the moment and listening to the way he talks about it and the way the players—you know—the way just everything. It, uh, it seems to be uh, going on. It's very hard to see it imploding. It, I can see it getting a bit worse, but well, in, the spells, uh, in the sticky you know we? The, mm. the, we are asking a lot of these players over a whole season, and I suspect our second nineteen games might not be quite um, as uh, as heavy on the points as the first nineteen. But nevertheless, you know, it's, you can't see. It really doesn't feel the wheels are very solidly on this, aren't they? There's no real sense that they're about to about to come off, as is so often the case. I even think. in a good, even when we had Piatt. There was that, you know, that, that game against Watford where we kind of showboated our way
1: into a two nil lead. Yeah, yeah. And
2: yeah. Lost. That was, two.
1: Begin- that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the end of that season. Yeah. yeah. What,
2: what we di- what we discovered about Bilic was, was that we remained a soft touch. We'd been yeah. tricked into thinking we weren't, but that was because we had a player. Who genuinely was the best player in the world for one season playing yeah. at West Ham. And so we kind of had an artificially good season in some ways because yeah. Yeah. he was so good that he was unplayable in, in like new not every game, but numerous games. He was unplayable. And so that was it, it was, it was a strange season, really. But we, we were a very soft touch under billich We weren't fit or anything like that. Lovely bloke. And, you know, I loved him as West Ham manager, but we weren't good enough. Um, we had
1: a, we, we sort of did, did this thing again which comes down to kind of money and ownership of uh, and and is is tied into the fortunes of the club, which again is to to the managers, which is the transfer windows, because we had a fantastic transfer window where we brought in Paye, Lanzini, uh Ogbonner, Obiang, um, Carl Jenkinson. So it's like half a new team that were all really good. Alex Song.
0: You no, know, more, and then voice- the
1: next transfer window was just like gokantore and Faguli, and but just the, but the, thing about, the thing about
2: Moyes is that makes him different to all those other things is we obsess. And increasingly, and you know, you go back to the nutters on Twitter, the kids who, who play FIFA and think it's as easy as just picking a player and going and buying him sort of thing. And everyone obsesses over it being a case of who can build the best team because everyone plays yeah. Fantasy League or FIFA or some yeah. other football management yeah, yeah. game. Right. What Moise does is he takes players and coaches them to improve them. As yeah. a team, both as individuals and as a, as a team. So yeah. look, he hasn't, you know, The yes, Bowen and Suchek were very good signs. Kufal's been a good sign-in. Craig Dawson uh, could end up being the best of the lot. You know, we're yeah. about to get him a two million quid. And we were going to nearly spend 32 million on, on Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. See, Who was yeah. the better in the game against Burnley? Yeah, Dawson by a mile, right? So that is an incredible one. But on the whole, what he's done is he's taken Ogbonna into a decent defender who wasn't guaranteed a place in the team to being one of the best defenders in the league. You know, he's taken Antonio from being a decent winger into one of the best centre-forwards in the league.
1: Yeah,
2: He's taken Declan Rice, who was already very good, but I would say he's turned out... I I wouldn't swap Declan Rice for any central midfielder in the league. You know, and uh, he just... And and Cresswell, who everyone seemed to be against for about two years. Everyone wanted him out. everyone It was almost just taken for granted that that was the biggest flaw in our team. Cresswell is now one of our best players again. This is as good as any season he's had for us.
1: Uh, and anyone that thinks that that's kind of just chance or it's an accident, uh, you've literally got empirical evidence because it's what he did the first time two yeah. years ago. Was He yeah. arrived at the club and, he's, and Declan Rice played every game yeah. <laughs> as a centre-back. You know, he went... This kid's great. I'm going to put him in the team. I'm going to have him as a centre-back because, you know, the defence is bad. Ogbonna played every game, centre-back. Presswell Uh, Presswell. Presswell. played centre-back. He went, I like this lad. He's got skills. He's not quick, so I'll make him the left side of a central three. So he literally did that the first time around and then came back to them and basically went, you guys still fit? Still can play football? Great. Well, I'm going to play you guys again. And it
2: worked. Yeah. Again, even tried to get well, an out of it back as well.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, it was getting. He gets a tune out of Masuaku as well, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, Masuaku had been written off completely, and then uh, you know, and he's he's worked out that we could all see Masuaku can't defend for Toffee, but he's got two good feet and is a bit of pace and a bit tricksy. Uh, so he's a perfect left-wing back. The you perfect left-wing left left back. back. Yeah. That
2: is um, the, he's a, if you're going to play that system, there's few players in the Premier League who, who would be better suited to that position. What I would say is that we, the, the struggle this time for this team is something that we've occasionally seen in the past where we've had little flashes of, of success. There will be, of course, everyone's looking at Rice in the summer and whether he might leave, which mm-hmm. I would say is very likely. But this team, Suchek, people will make a bid for Suchek. People might make a bid yes. for Bowen as well, you know. Mm, mm. Um I think we're safe of Antonio now because but because of his age, I can't see, you know, a, a club. And and I think we've just given him a new contract as well, so that's all right. But you know, that's the the three our central midfielders are both gonna be targeted by Champions League clubs, I would imagine. Yeah. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Bowen linked with other Clubs and, and that'll be it. it. You know, when we were in the past, that was the tradition, wasn't it? We'd have a little period of success and then bigger clubs would come in and just snaffle up our stars. Yeah. And I think that that could be the big challenge, especially in the current climate, COVID, the way our, our owners are anyway about money. Um,
1: yeah. And yeah. Kind
2: of think they're gonna, they're, I don't know how hard they'll fight if they get in very big offers for those two central midfielders.
1: Well, I mean, Southampton's the example of that, isn't it? The fact that they would be, several times, seem to be prepared to sell themselves to the brink of annihilation by literally getting rid of yeah, every good player in their team. And they keep coming back. They keep yeah. somehow rebuilding, which is which is amazing. But that, you know, that that it obviously alludes to some kind of good stewardship. But, I mean, they were patient to hang on to Hasenhutl because um, he had a rocky yeah. first couple of yeah. seasons. Yeah. I mean,
0: there are a couple of factors to that, aren't there? I mean, they... they, <clears> they um, they do have just about the best academy don't mm. they and um you know i think um i, I think on, on talk sport apparently someone told me allardyce was sort of i'm probably tongue-in-cheek taking sort of credit for laying the foundations for for west Ham doing well now
2: yeah yeah he was yeah.
0: Um, but of course we'll see. Mm. um but of course, actually, it was under wasn't it that the, 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 there was a period of sort of under investment in the uh, you know the, the traditions of the academy started to mm. go go awry and um there's this, the, the, you know we don't have a really clear you know production line of I mean, rice has come through um we're not sure. Where's the next one going to come? They, they drift in and out. They get a chance, but they don't look... Johnson looks okay, but,
2: you know... I think, I don't know. I mean, people who watch it, the guy who... I, Rashane Thomas from The Athletic, who, who I do you uh, irons with, closely watches the academy. Right. And so I, I kind of often ask his view because, he, he, he you know, he goes, watches them, he knows, he knows the right. people involved. And he seems to think that we've got one of the best sort of groups of players... For a long time, and oh, and, and well, in the club they think that. I mean, we don't know, but this this kid uh, Mepo, which yes, is he's his Christian name, here, but he? he's, yeah, he's and he he's highly rated, and yeah. mm-hmm. he he would have he was due to get some game time tonight, but I, uh, we don't know yet. But I read that he might it might be a COVID situation that uh, meant oh, right. that he wasn't on the bench when he was expected to be, right? But I think that, you know, if we sign a striker, there's a feeling that we don't necessarily need to get two in because he will be the third striker. Yeah, well, yeah. I, he's yeah. decent. some
0: of the highlights from things, goals he scored in the under-23s and whatever, and it does look, he does look yeah. impressive.
2: Yeah, and then you've got Harrison Ashby, I think, looks like a yeah, decent player. Yeah,
0: good, didn't he?
2: Um, yeah. Long I think, is decent. Yeah, and there's a, is it Julio Baptiste, which obviously is an amazing name for a footballer, suggests yeah. he's brilliant. If you, if you had to judge a player on name alone, which I often do, you're like, well, he's he's going to be good, isn't he? I, don't, I might have got his name wrong, but he's a young centre-back who a lot of people have got yeah. high hopes about. I don't, I haven't seen his place. I'm just regurgitating <laughs> stuff secondhand.
1: hand uh, Sam Allardyce taking credit for sort of building the foundations for the current Rest Ham team. It's a bit like that rule when there's been a foul, but the referee lets play go on and sort of calls it back. It's like it's moved on so long from when Sam Allardyce <laughs> yeah. might have Ah. influence the current West Ham team because it's turned to shit twice since he <laughs> built those foundations and has been built up. It turned to shit with Billich, turned to shit with Pellegrini. So for him to sort of take credit to something that happened so far ago, not only has that... that phase of play carried on but everyone's back in the dressing rooms it's like it's so yeah. long since the. Thing it's like
2: dennis happened. healy taking credit for the really swift rollout of the COVID 19 vaccinations in the uk yes. because he was home secretary in the early 70s <laughs> exactly yeah
1: yeah he's <laughs> exactly like that um talking of we were briefly talking about contracts moise's contract and, and uh something that has uh happened today uh which feels like a very west ham thing to happen is that the, is it the FA are looking at the transfer of Robert Snodgrass to West Bromwich Albion from West Ham yeah. uh, with a possible kind of third-party ownership issue? Um, that issue being that there was apparently an agreement where he wouldn't play in tonight's game. And possibly, I imagine, the reverse fixture. Um, and that that agreement had been struck up by both clubs.
2: This is classic West Ham stuff, yeah. yeah. But what I would say is that... <coughs> Allardyce, I think, dropped that in on TalkSport, I think. It came from Allardyce. And on this. the telly.
0: And on the telly. And on the telly, okay.
2: so, so Allardyce has chucked this out on purpose because he would have been fuming that probably the higher-ups at the club made a gentleman's agreement with the higher-ups at our club. Yeah. And Allardyce is fuming because he can't pick an important player. And he's chucked that in because he's angry, but also probably because he quite fancies the idea of there being a look into it. And it might... Yeah, because he's fighting for his life, he'll try anything. Yeah. yeah. The truth is, it, if it's just a gentleman's agreement, then there's not much they can do. And also, Chelsea, who loan out play, like whole squads worth of players every summer from their academy, um, yeah. have these deals on all the time. Chelsea yes, are always allowed, doing it. You're
0: allowed it on a loan. You are allowed it on a loan. Right. You're allowed to say if you're still, you still own the. Oh
2: yeah, you're right. This, yeah, you're this is different, say, isn't it? Yeah. This is
0: a permanent transfer, and it is definitely against the rules. However, if it, if it's in his contract, I think both clubs will be uh, culpable in, in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
2: if it's not in his contract and it's just an agreement, then you difficult. can't prove anything, can you? Yeah, really?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. It
2: would involve yeah. Allardyce having to testify against his own club in court. Yeah.
1: Which would he'll be do
2: that, an amazing thing to do. And he would do it if he yeah. felt they were going down anyway. Because but, with yeah. Allardyce, it's all about himself and his yeah. own reputation. Yeah. Yeah. And because he's yeah, never yeah. had a club relegated, if he feels they're going to get relegated, he'll do a Sheffield United, and, well, a kind of a Sheffield United move, and end up suing his own
1: club. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, um of course, is a which is very apropos, because that'll be something that, it, that the precedent was set by uh, our only previous manager to have wins booed, uh, which was Alan Kerbishley, who sued West Ham United, didn't he, for, yeah, constructive, yeah, for dismissal. constructive dismissal.
2: Well, yeah. could you imagine a situation wherein Sam Allardyce attempted to sue himself? Yes. And both... Yes defended and prosecuted himself in court yeah so there was effectively four sam allardyces in the courtroom
0: (laughs) he might also pardon himself
1: as well yeah 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 absolutely absolutely himself
2: for getting relegated unbelievable only big sam that's big sam that's right larger than life character
1: He'd bring out a surprise witness, Sam Allardyce, <laughs> to testify
2: <laughs> against himself.
1: Your honor, uh, I must object in the strongest possible terms. Objection over but uh, you're the judge as well. Yes.
2: What's, what's your impression of Sam Allardyce? Oh, he's useless. He's <laughs> crap. He's too fat. No wonder his dad never liked him. He's all right trying to make a point to his father, but his father's dead and gone. One
1: and thing I'll say about, about him. him about he's no sam allardyce that's for sure <laughs> no further questions <laughs> i object okay,
0: no. oh dear that
1: would be great um so that's uh, that's the future we're looking for is uh, uh, for all of this to be settled in the courts um
2: uh, in, the, in, the, in the landmark allardyce
0: versus <laughs> allardyce case
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs>
1: I don't um, know what
0: penalties there are for these sorts of uh, transgressions. If they, if it is the case that they've, uh, I can't believe. I mean, the clubs employ lawyers. They must know the. They must know not to put con- clauses like that in contracts. Surely you'd have thought. But he did say so? we couldn't get the deal done without without that agreement. That he wouldn't play in that game.
2: Quite a stupid thing for us to win. If it backfires, it would be peak West Ham and it would be peak West Ham for it to happen amidst a period where for the first time in a long time, all West Ham fans are thinking, wow, I feel quite relaxed with like a decent side.
0: We're probably just
2: comfortably in mid table. Do you know what I mean? And, and just as everything's going right or the law of West Ham is something disastrous has to go wrong. And this could be it because we're all looking, but if it's not that, it'll be something else.
1: And finally, a record of point deduction was seen in the Premier League today as West Ham United were docked 17 points.
2: West Ham have had a winding up order from the High Court, from the House of Lords itself, and will cease to exist on the stroke of midnight tonight. Fans are frustrated that they were given only hours' notice of this. I only had hours to find new clubs to support.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. Uh, yes that's right so that's what's going to happen that's uh what we speculate will happen um yeah so we uh we've got uh Doncaster haven't we at the weekend and uh and yes. then when's uh when's our next uh, league game it's it's Paris. palace isn't it
0: Paris isn't it is that on the following Tuesday I think it might
1: be god are we is it, are we settled into a weekend Tuesday uh, I party?
0: think I think think there's a bit of a yeah it's, it's, they come
1: thick and fast. Where are Doncaster? Are they League One? League... Where are they? Uh, no
2: idea. No. Well, it, they uh, they were in the
1: Championship.
0: They're bro. sort of a yo-yo Championship League One yo-yo team, aren't they? Yeah. They've
1: spent a lot of time in the Championship
0: in the
1: recent years. Have they? Hmm. Uh, how do we think we're doing that?
2: Three o'clock on Saturday. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: three o'clock. Um, well,
1: Kick off.
0: Difficult to tell. I'm sure. You know. I hope he puts a, a a decent side out. And I mean, he's got much not much option really, has he? There's not exactly no. uh, a huge squad to bring in. Um, and I think if we play anything like we can play, we should we should win the game. We should have enough to win the game. Come to me, but it's a cup tie, and they'll be you know, yeah, difficult yeah. position. Yeah, and
2: and and you know, Stockport County gave us a, a very good. Um, yes. Gave, yeah, gave us a yeah. good game, and we only narrowly got through that. And Doncaster are a lot better than them. Yeah, so, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he if he rested Antonio because we are playing on Tuesday again. And and, and so you think there's and he was knackered tonight. That's why he got yeah. Mepo is has got COVID from from what I've read. So you're looking at um maybe Yarmolenko playing up front. Yeah. Which yeah. so again? Although when he came on, he put,
0: on it. put
2: in, in central when um, yeah. came on, didn't he? So maybe yeah. Barry. <clears throat> yeah. So we're gonna. So it, yeah, it'll, I think it'll, it'll be a challenge, won't it?
1: Yeah, it will.
2: It'll be a challenge. Uh-huh. I, I would. I would say you know it, we're relying on the fact that we've got this very good defence now. So I would say maybe another one 0
1: Yeah. Yeah, Jim. Two nil. Two nil. Yeah. Um. No, those that I'll have to go well, two, yeah, no, all right. Uh two one, two one to us. They'll they'll they might get a goal. Uh that's that's all I'm left with really. And and then it's palace and we um you know, that sort of falls into our kind of uh our sort of batting zone of games that we sort of want to get something out of, uh, because then the the hard teams are gonna come back round again. Uh yes. and um Yeah,
2: we've got Liverpool after that, and we Yeah,
1: so so we um it would be but nice but to get Palace out gave
2: us Palace gave us a very good game, didn't they? Um, yeah. Just before <coughs> Christmas. Yes,
1: they, yeah. did. they were good. We were, yeah. Well, they are good, I think. You know, they're a good side. And uh, Annoyingly
2: they're good. Roy Hodgson teams are just kind of boringly resilient. Yeah. I think, you know, I thought they were probably slightly better than us actually in that game. Weren't they?
1: On that, on that day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. We were lucky in that game. Um, no, they, they've you know they've got good players, and uh, um, I always thought we should have got and- Andros Townsend when he was at Spurs. But people said that he, he's got sort of like he's a bit mad or something, uh, which is why Spurs got rid of.
2: Oh, him. Oh, that put us right off massively. All right. Well, yeah. Eccentric character is he? Oh no, we don't like them at West Ham. No, we like things done by the book. Um, <laughs> we don't like any volatile characters.
1: Because he seemed a bit, because he seemed really good at Spurs, and it seemed quite odd that they sort of got rid of him. And uh, were,
2: uh, at the time, there was a lot of wingers in the club. Yeah, they maybe there were. They, were. they had Lennon, and then they had Van der Vaart, and it was sort yes. of around the time when yeah. they had so many kind of exciting attacking
1: Possibly players. Possibly even still Bale at that time. They had yeah, at that yeah, time yeah, 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 maybe Bale. Yeah. Um,
0: and
1: they had, they knew they had good players coming through. I suppose. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I imagine that. I'm not saying we should get Townsend now. He's probably closing in on, uh, you know, the downward part of his career. But uh, I always liked him. I always thought he was a thought, you know. Well, I think, would, would you know, they, be-
2: they love Tompkins. They think he's amazing and can't believe that we ever let him go. They shouldn't uh, have let him go. And, and in fact, I think at the weekend, they had Tompkins and Kiarte as a central defensive. They they yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: And by all accounts, they both played very well. Yeah.
1: Um, um, I don't I miss like-
2: Cuyate because I thought he he declined too much by the time we sold him but Tompkins I I, you know would have liked it
1: was a shame it was up. a shame we lost him yeah, yeah, yeah. it was
0: a shame I, I agree um yeah I agree about Kwasi I mean he gave us a couple of good really good seasons but he was he was uh, on the and Suchek has been a massive upgrade on
2: Oh uh, yeah huge
0: um,
1: Well, he reminds me of um, first-generation So There's quite a lot of Cuyati, I think, in Suchet. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar. A a leggy,
2: giant central midfielder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pops-up scores, because Cuyati would score as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I loved Cuyati. I
0: loved Cuyati. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. no, I, mean, I, I I, like um, the look of Eze for them. And there was a lot of talk about yeah. whether we were in for him or Ben Right, you know.
2: I think that was who Moyes wanted, was and, Eze. And,
0: and, yeah, and, and so far, Eze's looking slightly the better bet of the two, isn't he? I mean, that yes. I would say. Yeah. Um, there's been more end products there, hasn't there? Um, he looks yeah, but slightly more... Yeah, you'd have thought more, all more players. Player, cause I know because he's more it, powerful, doesn't he? We, he looks,
2: we touched you know, on it earlier, but all players improve under Moyes and Alan Irvin and the coaching team. They all Mm -hmm. improve. Ben Rama looks okay. What he's not lacking is effort with Haller. You thought he's never going to get better because I can, we we could all see what his actually was like. He was never going to improve. Right. No, it was like, he thought he didn't have anything to learn. Ben Rama. uh, You can see he's willing. You can see he's up for every game. He will improve. And if he improves by just ten percent, I just gets his final ball right, he'll be a massive player for us, won't he?
1: He will. Yeah, yeah. He's
0: yeah, twister. yeah, yeah. He yeah. will. Yeah. I'm I, I, still still optimistic. I agree.
1: Yeah. But, no, I think he's good. Yeah.
0: But yeah. they've got, you know, Palace are, are are a workmanlike side, but they've got creative, they've got flair as well, haven't they? They've got, they've got, you know, they're not dissimilar to us in that sense. I think they're yeah. a, they're they're, a, they're a, a good marker, really
1: yeah absolutely so um uh do we have predictions for that
0: oh um another very tight game i mean uh, somebody pointed out this evening i was watching it we haven't won a game by more than one goal since uh we beat uh leicester in october so what about leeds did we just beat them 2-1, and 2-1. 2-1. Uh, 2-1.
1: yeah
0: so
2: yeah um, we lack the killer instinct don't yeah, we we do yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
0: But we're due, aren't we, therefore, to get it right in and around the box. We're due, so I'm going to say 3-0. Wow.
1: Wow. I'm going to say 2-0. 2-0. Is it our place or their place?
0: It's at their
2: place.
0: Yeah. And I think that actually helps.
2: Because they'll have to come out at us more, which we prefer, I think, as a
1: team, don't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say 3-1. I'm going to say we win 3-1 excellent well that might be it for this week stop hammer time in fact i think it is any any other business gentlemen
0: well at some point we need to talk a little bit about transfers but there's 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 a couple of weeks left yeah the next time we should and maybe there'll be some actual business yeah
2: it's up in the air at the moment it's like we've made we've made about 100 bids i mean what, what i assume is we'll make 100 bids there'll be lots of talking and tweeting and newspaper articles and then it'll get to the final day and someone we haven't heard of from a lowly French club will fail a medical on a jet,
0: yeah. um,
2: a private jet, <laughs> at the stroke of midnight. And yeah. we'll end up having to get someone. We'll, we'll end up re-signing. In
0: a taxi with the, with the engine running.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then we'll end up buying Mido, who's now 52 <laughs> and 18 yeah. stone. But, you know,
1: yeah.
2: Moise is like, well, you know, he, he's got the experience to do a job for us. So. Yeah
1: kevin nolan is on the payroll so technically yeah, good,
2: uh, it'll be one of those yeah. you know let's just like stop fooling ourselves we all know it'll end in a terrible indignity yes so just it's brace yourselves so. for that
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and on that note that's it for this week's stop hammer time <laughs> my name is phil Whelans. with me this week have been jim grant cheerio and sam delaney thanks come on you irons This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast
0: at westhampodcast.com.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.